Hello everyone, this is Deborah Richardson and today I am putting the AP in Happy where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. This podcast will give a voice to accounts payable team members by talking about the growing reality of cyber attacks in their world and which vendor setup and vendor management techniques they can apply to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Visit the Vendor Process Training Center to enroll in your choice of 55 plus training sessions that will help you and your team avoid fraud, compliance fines, and bad vendor data. Or just sign up to get access to Vendor Process FAQs and to attend weekly drop-in live Q&A sessions. Visit training.deborahrrichardson.com today. The link will be in the show notes. Move over business email compromise or BEC. Now there is a new term, business identity compromise or BIC. So what is it? Where did it come from? And what do you do about it? Keep listening. So welcome to episode 207. What is business identity compromise or BIC and how the FBI says you can identify it and mitigate it? So just to start with business email compromise or BEC, let's define that. So depending on where you read about it, there can be many different definitions. Uh, They really all say the same thing right? Frosters try to get you to transfer funds or divert your vendor's funds. But depending on where you read about it, that definition can restrict it to just the transfer of funds as in wire transfers, which is what we all saw more of at the beginning of the whole fraud trend a few years back. Now, some definitions can include gift card scams too, uh, because those are done via email or it can include, right, the froster pretending to be your vendor or leadership member that's asking you to change your vendor's bank account uh, and divert uh, divert funds. And sometimes when it's coming from the vendors, that definition is vendor impersonation fraud. So we've got all kinds of definitions from different folks, right? Some, Some call this vendor impersonation fraud, Uh, Some call it change my bank account fraud. Some call it CEO fraud. Um, But I think no matter what you call it, everyone understands that this type of scam is either diverting your company's funds or your vendor's funds to a fraudster via email. And just as we all got used to that and hopefully are putting authentication techniques, internal controls, or best practices in place to avoid it, now comes another one, right? Because frosters are always evolving. And that is business identity compromise or BIC. Now, the FBI defined it in 
March of 2021 on their private industry notification. That number is 210-310-1. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. But they defined it as the use of content generation and manipulation tools to develop synthetic corporate personas or create a sophisticated emulation of an existing employee. They called it a newly defined cyber attack vector that is an evolution of business email compromise. Just what we needed. Now, fast forward to June 20, uh, June of 2022, and the FBI issued a public service announcement, uh, and that was alert number I-062822, uh, and that PSA was warning of deep fakes and stolen PII utilized to apply for remote work positions. And I, again, I will put this uh, as a link in the show notes. And they talked about deep fakes that includes a video or an image or recording uh, convincingly uh, altered and manipulated to misrepresent someone as doing or saying something that was not actually done or said. Now we've all seen this and I know I've reported on a few of them with uh, other scams like crypto scams where they had videos. And I know one for sure was with uh, Elon Musk uh, and touting some crypto platform. And of course that was a deep fake. And there were some other uh, well-known folks uh, as well, but this was to apply for jobs. Can you believe that? And with with us now in right the great resignation and the open or number of open jobs that need to be filled this can be very troubling especially for the positions or types of positions that were targeted as a part of this uh, PSA. And what they said is that the remote work or work from home positions identified in these reports include information technology and computer programming, database and software related job functions. Notably, some reported positions include access to customer PII, financial data, corporate IT databases, and or uh, proprietary information, which means that, you know, all those phishing emails that we get where they try to get your login information so that they can log in as you and get that PII or, you know, try to uh, perpetrate a business email compromise scam, they're just now going directly to the source, right? And it looks like it's opened up because of this remote work or work from home uh, environment that we're in today. And so they indicated that complaints report the use of voice spoofing, or potentially voice deep fakes during the online interviews of the potential applicants, right? So they even went through the interview process 
Uh, but what they did say is that the victims uh, in those interviews indicated that the actions and lip movement of the interviewee on camera did not completely coordinate with the audio of the person speaking. Like at times when they coughed, sneezed, or other auditory actions um, didn't really align with what was prevented visually. Now, the victims also reported to the FBI that they found out that the PII, the personally identifiable information, they found out it was stolen because when they went through the pre-employment background, that's when they determined that some of the applicants' uh, information belonged to another individual. Now, to bring this all together, I read an article on No Before. It came out October 2nd. I will put a link to it, but they talk about or kind of summarize trend micro reports on stolen identities and deep fakes. And what they said is that there is enough content exposed on social media to create deep fake models for millions of people people in every country, city, village, or particular social group have their social media just exposed to the world. And further, they indicate that all the technological pillars are in place. Attack implementation does not require significant investment and attacks can be launched not just by national states and corporations, but by individuals and small criminal groups, which means that the technology is out there and just available. And just let me say that I remember seeing a YouTube video, and this wasn't malicious or fraudulent way of using this AI, but they were talking about, and they gave a demo and the website of how instead of facing like copyright or backlash, because you're using someone's actual, you know, identity and face or whatever in a video, you could go to this site and you could create a a non-person, right? And use that person instead. Well, cyber criminals are using the same thing for these deep fakes. Okay. So now you might be thinking, what on earth can we do? So here are some tips that were within the PSA. And again, I will have a link to that in the show notes. But within that, there is a visual of a person with indicators of synthetic content or deep fakes identified. So vendor uh, visual indicators such as distortions, warping, or inconsistency in images and uh, video may be an indicator of synthetic images. For example, distinct, consistent eye spacing and placement across a wide sample of synthetic images provides one indicator of synthetic content. Uh, similar visual inconsistencies are typical, typically present in synthetic video, often demonstrated by noticeable head and torso movements, as well as syncing issues between face and lip movement and any associated audio. 
Now, they did indicate that third-party research and for uh, forensic organizations, as well as some reputable cybersecurity companies, can help you in the identification and evaluation of any suspected synthetic content if you have access to them. So that's those are some ways that you can identify it. They also talk about uh, SIFT. The SIFT methodology, which encourages um, you to stop, so S, investigate the source, that's I, find trusted coverage, that's F, and then trace the original content when consuming information online. Now, I talk about that, but I also, uh, in my uh, vendor master file tip of the week for last week, which was, I believe it was 930. I'll put a link to it, but I talked about um, two wild ways or creative ways that vendor master teams or vendor teams use to confirm uh, bank account changes, right? Because you can't always contact folks on on the phone or these vendors on the phone. Sometimes they are uh, out of uh, the country and uh, it just doesn't work. And so what one of the folks that was on one of my webinars said they did is that they use Zoom. And when he said it at the time, I was like, hmm, that could be okay as long as they have their camera on and their audio on, right? Because we as accounts payable, we don't really know what these vendors look like or who they are, right? We uh, most likely have not talked to them on the phone, right? That's why we're doing the Zoom call because we can't reach them by phone. And so, uh, but I thought, well, okay, they're coming on, they have their audio on, they have their uh, video on because there was a new scam alert that I reported probably last year where these frosters were pretending to be your boss and then um, set up this Zoom call or some type of a meeting platform call and then get on the meeting and say that their uh, video didn't work or their audio didn't work. But that wasn't the case here. They were getting on and I thought, hmm, I don't know if I have any issues with that, right? It was something that was just brought up. I hadn't really thought about it. But now thinking of it in this case, where it could just be a synthetic identity, right? Now I wish I would have said, well, did you check? Were there any distortions? Were there any inconsistencies between what they were saying and how their mouth was was moving, right? So that may be something if you guys are having, you know, doing these Zoom calls or some type of a call with a vendor because for whatever reason, you can't get them on the phone to do your validations or confirmation of bank changes. Keep that in mind because I had not thought of that. Anyway, you do want to check out that PSA uh, because it did include more tips for good cyber hygiene uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, you are identifying what could be a potential uh, synthetic identity or business identity compromise or BIC. So make sure you check out the link in the show notes for that. So thanks, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 207th episode of the Putting the AP in Happy podcast, where accounts payable teams are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud.
Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy. Thank you.